0: I did a deal that made me a million bucks. I bought a package of loans and we thought it was better than the seller thought it was.
1: flipping projects possible all across the country if you don't know about patch of land then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower. Um, You're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's projects a success. Uh, They've got something really cool for you so um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding uh, they've come up with a guide it's called the top 10 crowdfunding questions guide and they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself and they're all the answers they don't leave you hanging they've got answers too all the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions so you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide Uh, And if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I'd check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we give you the best real estate investing advice ever. None of the fluff. And we interview some amazing guests. Well, actually, they're the best ever guests. So they're better than amazing. Interviewed Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad Poor Dad, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. And now, my friends, we have Eddie Speed with us from Argyle, Texas. How you doing, Eddie?
0: I'm great. How are you, Joe?
1: I'm doing very well. And before this started recording, we were talking all about Texas high school football. Apparently, we have, uh, he, he's from a, a smaller town that's been growing, Argyle. And I am from a similar type of town, Alito, Texas, in Fort Worth. And his uh, high school team, they have what, lost six games in the last five years? What'd you say? Four yeah.
0: years? I think the six year record is they've won 70 and lost six.
1: 170 and lost six. So we uh, usually get the uh, non-Real estate related interesting fact out towards the end, but yeah. I just figured we'd change things up today. So there you go. Yeah. And he's also got a son who's an inside linebacker for the high school team and uh, looking to play at the next level as well. So don't talk smack to Eddie or he'll he'll sick his son on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, it's, it's fun. Friday nights are fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, I bet. Eddie has a lot of experience primarily what he's been focused on is what he calls strategies that positively impact the seller financing and non-performing note industry so we'll talk to him about what exactly he means as as far as kind of the positively influencing those two industries he's the president of colonial funding group and the principal in an, a family office fund he's the founder of note school and we're going to talk a lot about notes. Primarily, we're going to be talking about notes. So if you're not at all interested in notes, then perhaps listening to this conversation will pique your curiosity to kind of check some more information out about them. And if you are interested in note buying, or if it seems, you know, even to me, I've had, I don't know, maybe 10 guests. I've done over 350 interviews. I've had probably at least 10 guests who have been focused on note buying. And Maybe because I'm not exposed to it as frequently as other things, it's still a little bit of a mystery to me, and and so I, I'm confident that Eddie's going to be able to help crystallize it in my mind and perhaps some best ever listeners' mind. So, with that being said, Eddie, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about what you're focused on now and kind of a little bit about your background.
0: Sure. Well, the reason I'm focused on notes, and I've been doing this since 1980. So people think, well, Eddie's just a note guy and he's never done real estate. What people don't really realize is, is we've probably owned 4,000 properties. So it's not that we don't like real estate. Real estate is our collateral and we love real estate. And there's been certain markets that our primary focus was real estate. It's just, it's timing. And we have continued to stay in the note space for all that time. So it's the most incredible market opportunity I've seen since I started doing this in 1980, ahead of us for the next five years.
1: Wow. Okay. So you have owned and do you currently own property? Sure. Besides notes? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Anybody. Well, first of all, we buy defaulted notes and we buy notes that are paying, but they don't always pay. And so we end up with you know repossession of the property and So we always have real estate, but we use note strategies today to not just essentially buy properties at a deep discount, i.e. buying a non-forming note, but we also use note strategies to sell property. We use owner finance techniques.
1: Really quick, let's take two steps back and can you just define what exactly note buying is? Okay.
0: So we buy a note which is the lien against a property, you know, would you have the note, which is where the people promise that they're going to pay it back. And then you have the lien now in Texas, that's called a deed of trust. And then Oklahoma, that's called a mortgage, right? About half the States call them a deed of trust, half of them call a mortgage, but that's just the enforcement document that really says that they don't pay, that you can repossess the property. And then we buy notes at a discount. So real quick, if I gave you Joe a check for a thousand bucks, okay, and just for whatever reason, just play along with me, you don't have a checking account, okay, or your bank's way off somewhere, okay, and and so it's not practical for you to deposit the check, whatever that may look like. So what could you do with a check if you couldn't come into my bank and cash the check? I, you know, to say I have, I was at a big bank of Chase or Bank of America or something. You go in there and they're like. We won't cash the check because you don't have an account with us, even though it was written on their bank, right? So what could you do? The only thing you could do is go to a check cashing service, right? Mm-hmm. And and we all know about a check cashing service. And you go in the check cashing service, and when you endorse, when you sign over the check to them, they're not going to give you a thousand bucks. They're going to give you less than a thousand bucks. They're going to give you nine hundred bucks, let's say, okay? And people think it's a fee, but really all that it is is they bought that note, which a check is a note, at a discount. In other words, Joe, if they gave you a hundred bucks, do they still have the right to collect the thousand dollar check? Yeah. Yeah. You got it. That's a discounted note. So I got it. So okay. I buy notes at a discount. I buy notes secured by real estate at less than what the borrower owes. Where do you find them? Um, seller finance notes are, um, you know, the, the one thing that we've done literally more than anybody in the United States, our executive team has done well over $2 billion in seller finance notes. So we we have a training process to go teach people how to find where people have owner finance properties and they're carrying the note and they'd like to sell the note. And that's, um, you know, I mean, you can use direct mail, you can use, uh, realtors, you can use, uh, you know, real estate investment associations. There's different vehicles that we've discovered and obviously we've tried a long time. So we're kind of an experiment, <laughs> several thousand tries down the road and showing people how to rifle in and find those kind of notes. Non-performing notes are, are, a, a, a waterfall of these huge packages that you hear about. So if you've read any of the distressed asset publications, DS News, Distressed Mortgage, Housing Wire, uh, Realty Track, any of these guys are writing these articles on literally a weekly basis talking about now Bank America, just within the last week or so, Bank America dumped another $1.2 billion in non-performing notes in the market. So they're selling them, and usually those buyers are the big capital funds, you know, what I call the big 16. And and what happens is is there's a certain piece of that box they bought, right? They had to buy the whole box. There's a piece of that box they bought that they don't want to keep, and they choose to resell it. And typically, the notes that we see that we are literally see our people that are buying these notes as little as one note at a time. Are the smaller notes that the big capital funds, the big hedge funds that bought these big boxes, don't want to keep? And there's a there's a waterfall process um, that that these assets go through to get there.
1: What is that? Yeah, what's that process? So you're you're basically so- uh, buying them from the large hedge funds that are that are sectioning off certain parts of the package that they don't want?
0: Yep. So let's just say that a big hedge fund bought 10,000 defaulted notes. There's 1,000 to 1,500 of those notes. It doesn't fit their long-term capital uh, strategy. Okay? Typically smaller notes. And those loans get bundled up to an investor like us. So we, we have a capital fund and we buy bulk notes. We bought... 200 notes last Friday. Okay, so we buy in a bulk package, a group of these notes and then we'll put those loans out in the marketplace and sell them to investors like, you know, people buying bank foreclosed property. We'll, they, they can buy notes from us and there's a lot of firms like us that do this and, um, and, and so this has become a very common vehicle. Uh, in the last uh, three or four years, but in the last literally uh, 12 months, it has become the wave of the market because if you follow the pattern of Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, the big banks, and you can go read all the press, they've pretty much said most of their defaulted assets, they're not going to foreclose on, but rather take through and liquidate via selling as non-performing notes. So, people say, well, why would I go buy a non-performing note? Why don't I just go buy the property? Well, let me make a general statement to you. This isn't going to be true in every market and every situation, but generally speaking, Joe, you're going to buy a defaulted note for about half price of what the property would cost if you bought the property.
1: Okay, so let's let's go through with that example. I've got an option of either buying the property or buying the non-performing note. I bought the non-performing note. Now, where did I buy it from? What type of paperwork is involved? And what do I do after I buy it?
0: Okay. So you bought this note from a capital fund that owns a package of non-reforming notes. And th- there's lots of firms that do this, but I'll tell you that we have one called Colonial Capital Management. So we have a fund that we buy assets in bulk. We buy them by the case and we sell them by the bottle. So we buy a bulk package of notes and we resell those notes to investors as little as one at a time. The average price an investor pays for a defaulted note from us is about $25,000. The average collateral value is about fifty-five dollars to $60,000. So the house is worth fifty-five dollars to sixty, dollars and they're buying the asset from us at twenty-five. dollars
1: Okay, so we've got twenty five thousand. We wire it over to, um, in this case, your company, but yeah, you know wh- sure, wherever, sure. any company that has the non performing notes. Right. Then, what do we receive, and what do we do after that with that, with whatever
0: we receive? Okay, so from that moment, Joe, you become the bank, right? You don't own the property yet, but you're the bank. You are a secured lender. So, what you're going to do is you're going to have a servicer, a loan servicer that is going to service this loan for you. Yeah, I'm not, we're not, in fact, we're legally not going to sell you the note unless you have a servicer. But the, obviously, we teach people how to do this. This is not brain surgery. You just hire a vendor that goes in and handles the foreclosure process for you. Okay. And they're going to make an attempt to try to get the customer to pay again. Listen, Joe, there's, there's 16 states that have a crazy amount of money i mean we're talking about over five billion dollars already sitting in a checking account to help the customer bring his loan current it's called hardest hit funds so there is so many windows of opportunities to give that customer a second chance and to pay again i know you're thinking well eddie the guy hadn't paid in three years why is he going to start paying again well the truth of the matter is in many cases you and i know customer calls up the bank and just wants to get a second chance and pay again, he can't even get anybody on the phone. So we have found that if you, if you get smaller and more granular and more available to these customers, amazing good things can happen sometimes. And obviously we have the legal right to, you know, to foreclose if that's what we need to do. So we try to modify them, try to get them to pay again. And there's, substantial government assistance available to help that customer do that, that the average person doesn't know about. And then a lot of times if they've already left the house, you know, and the house is now vacant, you know, they've kind of moved on with their life. What do they really want to do? They just want to deed it to you and get away from it, right? They just want to sign the deed over and say, don't foreclose. I'll just give it back to you. They just have to be approached in the right manner. So we're in the, we look at ourselves as we're in the problem solving business with this delinquent bar. But we do this, Joe, via a servicer. In other words, you're not on the phone talking to the customer directly, but with their specialty servicers who have a very good track record and success in doing this. It's not the giant servicers that you would think of, but specialty niche servicers.
1: How do they get compensated
0: they'll charge a fee up front to put the loan on the books that the expression for that is you're boarding a loan that simply means you're just putting the loan with them and then they'll charge um, a monthly fee and they have different kinds of different servicers have it done different ways some of them will charge kind of a minimum monthly fee and once they you know either get the customer to modify or they get the customer to pay again or to uh, excuse me to deed it over then they'll they'll be they'll charge what's called a success fee Or you go through the foreclosure process with the attorney and get it foreclosed. By the way, interesting, the foreclosure timeline that it takes, generally speaking, is about at least half as long as it was two years ago.
1: Let's talk about those fees real quick. What are the typical fees for a boarding loan, for the monthly fee, and for the success fee?
0: All right. So if you're buying a defaulted note, a typical fee is $150 upfront boarding fee and a monthly servicing fee of, say, 75 bucks. The foreclosure fee, just, just generally overall, the attorney's probably going to charge about $2,000. Some are going to be more in some states. Some are going to be less. But just smearing that over 50 states is probably about $2,000, $2,500.
1: Okay. And what about the success fee?
0: Well, if they charge a success fee, they're not going to charge the $75 a month, right? So they're going to charge possibly a success fee of $1,000, but they only pay it if they're successful in doing it. So you don't pay both. It's sort of either or. And there's different servicers that structure it different ways.
1: Oh, I, w- I was thinking that you'd have to pay a monthly fee for, say, like if it took three months and you have to pay two months for the monthly fee at 75 and then the third month, you get a success fee of 1000
0: Yeah. And once again, there's different servicers. We, when people get to this point, there's, you know, obviously we have you know, a framework that we try to take people down. and here's what we don't ever tell anybody where who needs to service your loan, but we have a lot of experience with these guys. And we've learned certain servicers are good at certain things. As you heard me say, hardest hit funds. I mean, if you went to Joe, if you went to a group of real estate investors across the country, if we took your audience and we could all like, have them raise their hand. How many have heard of hardest hit funds? My life experience says maybe 5% of the audience has heard of it and 95% I've never even heard of it. The average check from hardest hit funds is about $30,000. And that's just to help the customer bring his loan current.
1: Sorry, so hardest hit funds is the actual...
0: It's a government assistance program Got it. that is administered in different states and they administer the, the program on behalf of the the US government on um, federal government and it was to help delinquent borrowers bring their loan current and there's different versions of it so i'm i'm generalizing but we've got some crazy student success stories i mean unbelievable student success stories of buying a non performing note and showing the customer hardest hit funds because the guy that's living in the house, he didn't know he can go get that. He didn't know how to go get it. And so we kind of, we don't, we can't do it for him, but we can clearly guide him and show him what the process looks like. And all of a sudden the guy gets to keep his house. And generally speaking, you know, then you're going to, once you get the loan current, then you're going to be able to restructure the loan and make very favorable terms so the guy can start paying again. What happened to a lot of people is they lost their job four years ago or five years ago. And then they got really in trouble. And then the more. So once again, they just there's just been a distance between the mortgage lender and the borrower. And they really haven't connected at what the possibilities are. And and I don't necessarily blame the big servicers for that. It just it's just they service a massive amount of loans. And but we found an inefficiency that's very good for the small guys like us.
1: And once they start paying on the loan, are you responsible for restructuring the mortgage payments if needed, or is that the loan servicer that's going to do that?
0: You have to remember the loan servicer is basically working for you. And the reason that we have found the necessity for training in the note space, I could give you a list of servicers. I could give you a list of people that do certain functions within our business, and people say, oh, okay, Eddie gave me his Rolodex. What training really does is shows people what is expected of you, the executive decisions that you need to make to instruct your servicer to enforce. That's the magic in the business.
1: Got it. So just to make sure I understand on that question I asked, so the servicer is responsible for restructuring it at your direction, correct? That
0: is exactly right.
1: Got it. Okay. You
0: approve what they offer.
1: Got it. And I guess depending on the the level of partnership and expertise that the servicer has, they might provide recommendations to you.
0: Yeah. They can always tell you what's industry standard. But once again, there's going to, you're at the end of the day, you're not legally obligated, you know, to go reduce the balance or reduce the interest rate. But you got to remember, you, in many cases, you may have recovered what you paid for the note. So you can be a pretty flexible guy when you have no money invested in at that point, right?
1: That's right. Well, Eddie, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: Due diligence. You know, due diligence is is making sure you don't get a surprise. It's not brain surgery, but you definitely got to do it. And so in our space, we are buying a loan. Some of them are paying, right? We buy performing notes that are paying every month. And then we're going to pay a lot of attention to how they've paid in the past, because that is a good reflection of how they'll continue to pay in the future. So we're worried about what the house is worth with a performing note, but we're not as worried because the guy's paying every month. So I don't mean that we ignore what the house is worth, the collateral, but we're not as concerned because we're just stepping to the bank. And it's I tell people, if you think owning a rent property is easy, try owning a note and having a servicer and they just wire the money to you every month. That's a pretty good deal, right? And there are a lot of performing notes that can be bought at a discount. When I say a lot, we're talking about hundreds of thousands.
1: And why would there be a performing note where somebody who has the property is paying on a monthly basis be sold at a discount? Similar, I guess, to why homes are sold at a discount. Even though it's a good home, there's just life circumstances that happen.
0: Most of these assets are where people have when they sell you the note at a discount, don't feel sorry for them. They're making a profit, but they're cashing in on their profit. And a lot of times the reason they're doing that is they've got to go pay their investors back. So they've got a note that's now been paying them two, three, four years. And now all of a sudden they need to get to a point where, okay, my the way their capital is structured, they've promised the investors they're going to give them their money back at a certain point. So there's a motivation for them to kind of go zip it up and get to the end of the deal, right? And the market condition is these are loans that are bought at a discount. Now, people say, are these FHA, Fannie Mae loans? No, these are loans that did not fit where a lender made the loan and could go resell it in the marketplace you know, to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or with FHA insurance on it. So these are non-standard loans, but that doesn't mean they're bad loans. And sometimes they're seller finance notes, and sometimes it's you know, where one of these funds bought a non-performing note and got the customer paying again. Now he's paid again for, you know, a year or 18 months. And he's, it's called a re-performing note. Now he's paying again. And those are the kind of notes that are on the performing side that we end up seeing in the marketplace. And right now there's an excessive pile of these notes. I mean, I've been doing it a long time. I've seen a lot of market cycles I don't know what a better word to use than excessive. There is a lot of these performing notes out there.
1: And just very quickly, why are there so many now compared to previously in the last other real estate cycles that you've seen?
0: Because private financing was so critical because conventional mortgages, as you know, in the last few years, about 50% of the people from you know, 2008 to 2000 and whatever, 13 or 14, about 50% of all those people that made a mortgage application were rejected. They were turned down. So private financing had to fill a gap. And it did. This is the result of when the market was so bad and people were having to use alternative financing techniques. Now, all of a sudden, the guys that own this these loans, that own this paper, they're going in the marketplace and saying, look, we did really good. We made a lot of money, but now we've got to give our investors our money back. And they're just going in the marketplace and saying, we want to sell our loans. that are paying good, but we want to sell them in the market. And the market says they are bought at a discount. It's just a market condition.
1: And who are these private financiers who were basically allowing people to get mortgages whenever they weren't being able to be approved right after 2008? What's the profile of them? Who are they?
0: You remember the stories of guys that were buying like a thousand houses at a time or five hundred houses at a time? Yep. Okay. Well, that's the guys that then owner finance those houses. Those are hedge funds. Well, we call them hedge. Some of them were hedge funds. Some of them are just. Our firm is not really a hedge fund, but we have a. We raise money via raising capital from investors, accredited investors. That's what all these guys did. So they're like uh, private equity funds. They're not necessarily like Blackstone or Carrington, but they're they're still raising their money via from investors. Got it.
1: All right, Eddie, you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. Okay, first, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding, you've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top ten answers to the top ten crowdfunding questions. That's patchoflan dcom forward slash best ever. What's the best ever book you've read? The Bible. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it?
0: Tough times. I had I went through the market and had a really, really tough time a few years ago, got overextended and uh, I learned that always make sure you can manage the investments you make.
1: Best ever deal you've done?
0: Oh wow, I did a deal that made me a million bucks.
1: What are the details?
0: I bought a package of loans and we thought it was better than the seller thought it was but it turned out to be way better than the seller thought it was and it ended up making a million bucks.
1: How many loans were in that package, roughly?
0: Probably a thousand. And how much you pay for it? Mm, I paid about $3.5 million. How do you finance that? In that case, I used a... It wasn't a bank, but I used somebody to lend me the money. So it was like a private loan, kind of like a hard money loan on houses.
1: And what were the terms, do you remember?
0: Two-year payback. And as we reach resolution on the assets, they got more than they had loaned against any given loan. So as the... Loan progress, they continue to get in a better and better position. The lender did.
1: What's the best ever project you're most excited about right now?
0: I tell you, Note School is, we got students crushing it. I mean, we have students that are crushing it that we're training in Note School to go do the business. And it helps us because obviously we buy loans and sell them to students that become investors. And I can tell you with a thousand percent integrity, I, we are seeing people. With their life being changed, and that's uh, that's a winner to me.
1: One follow up question on that million dollar deal: What was the time frame from start to finish?
0: It was about fourteen months, just a tick over a year.
1: What's the best ever way you like to give back?
0: There is a child welfare board, and these are kids that where their parents get in trouble, and the kids have done nothing wrong, but the parents get put in the penitentiary and that type of thing, and they end up in. You know, under the award of the state, and the foster parents just don't have enough money to help them. And we've, Note School has, not us just contributing, although we have contributed, but Note School's, you know, team, our students and ourselves have given over $75,000 a year now for a couple of years to kids that otherwise, you know, wouldn't have a chance to have a laptop or wouldn't have a chance to buy a prom dress. And the nicest part about it is they'll never know who we are.
1: Well, what would you say is the biggest mistake and you might have touched on it earlier on the personal growth, but the biggest mistake you've made in real estate?
0: Yeah, I would describe it as is getting out in the ocean. You know, when you do when somebody's starting out they're real careful and when you've done I've closed over forty thousand transactions. So when you've done a lot of deals, you know, you get certain things you get really confident at. And so I've learned that you just make, need to make sure you've got all the straps buttoned down. And uh, so, though, you know, those are, those are mistakes I've made, and we recovered from it. But, you know, those are mistakes I wouldn't make again. And one of the things that I have a heart for is kind of telling people these are some, you know, this is the, this is the checklist. This is the follow process that you've got to make sure that you do. This, these are the essentials to make sure you don't find up with a surprise.
1: And what's the best ever place to reach you, Eddie?
0: Well, we obviously we have Note School, and so the and Note School has, you know, a good contact, a good development system where we can, you know, show people notes, show people examples, just good solid stuff. Obviously, people can pay to come to a class, but there's a good solid amount of free information on there to tell people about the business. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a a free book to kind of tell the story. I talked about all the foreclosures and these loans that are left and why they're left and some specific stories about it. So I'm going to give your listeners a a free book that I've just released that will tell that story. Nice. So they're going to go to freemeltdownbook.com. So the book is called Making Money from the Meltdown. So the website is freemeltdownbook.com.
1: Awesome. And what will that book give you?
0: It'll describe in more detail exactly, ironically, exactly the questions that you were asking me today. It just explains it in a little more detail. It talks about who carried this private notes and why they carried it and why they're willing to sell them. And, you know, don't feel sorry for them. They're still making a profit, but it's very profitable for us. And then it talks about. You know, these non-performing notes and why, you know, the whole political cycle and why they kind of held back. The the average person doesn't know there's nine million defaulted notes. So we explain that and give people some direction about why the market is what it is. And then secondly, we're able to obviously, because we have more time, we're able to to take them through a process and, and give them a clear picture of where these notes come from and how they can go buy them and how to buy them cheap
1: awesome well that will certainly be a valuable resource and i will be downloading it as soon as i get done talking okay (laughs) and we hang up and i'm looking forward to reading through that tonight thank you for being on the show and sharing your best advice ever with the best ever listeners and talking about the history the recent history of note buying and why we're at where we're at why you see such a huge opportunity in note buying, in particular non performing notes. Kinda of how you describe the basics of of what note buying is, you said it's the lean against the property and you went through the thousand dollar check yeah. example where, you know, a check casher and if you've got a check that you don't have a bank account for, then you go to the check casher and they're basically buying that. So similar concept. I, I love bringing it down to those types of examples that are easy to understand at least for me because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a simple-minded person so that's good helps me understand it and then why buying a non-performing note versus the property and talking through the you know the, the process of what you do where you uh, work with you buy it from a capital fund that has non-performing notes then you from from that moment I like how you said this from that moment you become the bank. And then you need to have a loan servicer where you hire a vendor and they handle the process for you with the ultimate goal of getting the person who has the mortgage or the note to pay you. Um, And then if you don't, then you go through a foreclosure process and hopefully you've got some equity built into it. But you probably don't want to go down that path. Ideally, you want to have the loan servicer have that note, that non-performing note become performing and, and you get paid. And then talking about due diligence, as you mentioned, and then the million dollar example of, you know, taking 14 months buying a thousand loans paid about 3.5 million for it and you got that through hard money lender two-year payback so it's interesting to kind of see the dynamics behind that too and hear your story so thank you so much for being on the show and definitely best ever listeners go check out freemeltdownbook.com thanks eddie joe
0: thanks buddy